Jesus said to his disciples, About that day and hour no one knows, neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. For as the days of Noah were, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in those days before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day Noah entered the ark, and they knew nothing until the flood came and swept them all away, so too will be the coming of the Son of Man. Then two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Keep awake, therefore, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. But understand this, if the owner of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming, he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into. Therefore, you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. In my uh, ten years with this parish, I've gained a little bit of notoriety for occasionally preaching about visits to Pete's Coffee. I have another story to tell. Just this morning, I went down to pick up coffee for our deacon and my beloved son, who gets up bright and early on Sunday mornings and comes and acolytes at the 8 o'clock, bless his heart. And I was down there, and you know, over the years when you go down and you pick up your coffee, you get to know the people who make your coffee. You get to know them. And one of the baristas down at Pete's, to protect the innocent, I'll call her D, came up to me and she said, you know what this gal just said when you walked in? I'd gone down in my habit, of course. She said, this gal said, isn't he a little bit out of place? And, and so I had a little chuckle inside because, you know, Jesus might have said, two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding meal together, one will be taken and one will be left. Two Millvalians will be picking up their Pete's coffee, one will be taken and one will be left. Dee, bless her heart, sort of stood there blinking and she said, well, it is Sunday. Since very ancient times, Christians, long before we became the institution we are, long before we became the dominant religion in the West, Christians looked to the ancient prophecies of the Old Testament and identified with the language that Isaiah picked up about the peaceable kingdom we have a glimpse of that today, and Isaiah uses that language we're all familiar with about beating swords into, I always get it wrong, so I'm going to have to go and read it, beating swords into plowshares and spears into pruning hooks. See, others get it faster than I do. Two shall be trying to read scripture, one will be taken, one will be left. Right. This is actually a reversal or an inverse of another Old Testament prophet, Joel, who is summoning the ancient Israelites to war. And in that reversal, 
He says, they shall beat their plowshares into swords and their pruning hooks into spears. What we don't know is whether Isaiah is reversing Joel or Joel is reversing Isaiah. What we do know is that our ancient spiritual ancestors decided that the identity of Christian community was going to be with Isaiah's understanding, the peaceable kingdom, the alternative to the way the world works, to be out of place even at Pete's on a Sunday morning. Keep awake, therefore. Keep awake, Paul warns us and Jesus warns us. Are we awake yet? Even before we get our coffee, are we awake? This is a new season of the church year and a new church year altogether. And Jesus offers us this teaching to get us out of this place of being spiritually asleep. It sounds at first to our ears like it's just your standard run-of-the-mill apocalyptic, something that we in the American context are all familiar with. We are in a country that is filled with millennialists and people who believe the end of the world is nigh. In fact, there's a whole cottage industry about predicting that. Somehow they missed this reading in the Gospels, but that's another sermon for another time. What I want to suggest to you today is that Jesus talking about the knowledge, the knowledge of the coming of the Son of Man, as he says, digging into another piece of apocalyptic, by the way, the book of Daniel, this coming, this, this coming of the divine presence of the Son, the one who is coming to represent God, is unknown to us and unexpected for a very good reason. How would people in the time of Noah, Jesus says, digging deep into the myth of the Judeo-Christian tradition, how would people in the time of Noah have behaved differently had they known the flood was coming? How would they have behaved differently? How would we behave differently if we knew that all of this world would be swept away tomorrow? Here's another way of asking the same question. How many of you would have behaved differently had you known what life was going to throw at you 20 years ago? How many of you would have been so spooked you would have stayed in bed had you known what was coming 20 years ago? You know, If we had known all of the joys and sorrows that were going to confront us as adults, would we have signed up? Probably not. Jesus understands that part of the human condition is not knowing, and you know what, that's probably a good thing. That's probably a good thing. He's saying it is for God to know these things, not us. Another way to think about it, scientists tell us 
that in five billion years, the sun will swell up into a red giant, and it's likely it will swallow the earth. How many of you are building your lives around that possibility right now? Let me bring it a little bit closer to home. Scientists also tell us that there's a 30% chance that there's going to be a major earthquake in the Bay Area in the next 20 years. Now it starts to get a bit more real, right? So many of us do a few things to prepare. We make sure our buildings are in order. We put aside a few supplies if we're good. But how many of you are hiding under the table and holding on, which you're supposed to do in an earthquake? No. No. We have to get on with our lives, right? I think this is what Jesus means. There's a qualitative difference between those two out working in the field and between those two grinding at the wheel. As he says, one is taken and the other is left behind. And that qualitative difference is what is key for our understanding of Advent and our place as a Christian people in a world that really does not observe Advent. I'll continue with the Pete's theme. I was down there before Thanksgiving and I suddenly realized they were playing Christmas carols. And I said to one of the baristas, really? And she said, yep, this is what we're supposed to do. They had no control. The managerial high up said, you gotta start advertising for Christmas early and this is the music you're gonna play. So I wondered, is that getting ready? for the unexpected? No, it's the world going about its business, grinding the meal, attending to the work. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's awake. All of us, as we are in Advent, are getting ready. Some of us under great stress. But the call of Advent is not about abandoning our routines, but approaching them with awareness. Being awake, being watchful, being qualitatively different in our own hearts, if nowhere else, as we go about our daily lives. Jesus says that the coming will be like a thief in the night. And he says, you know, if we knew that the thief was coming, what would we do? We would stay up, we would bar the door, keep the thief from coming in. This is probably another good reason why we don't know everything that's going to happen to us. We'd be running around all the time, getting ready for things in the future and not attending to the present moment. Maybe another reason Jesus frames the coming in that way is to remind us that if we were too prepared, we'd probably bar God from coming in. We need the unexpected to shake us out of our complacency, out of our spiritual sleep.
so what are we to be awake and alert for? As Dee told me this story this morning, bless her heart, about this woman who was questioning why I was where I was, dressed as I was, strange as that seemed to her. Part of me, of course, relished the cognitive dissonance I gave her today. Maybe that was something that woke her up a little bit, more than just the caffeine. But the other piece of it was that Dee stood in solidarity. which was a great gift. She stood in solidarity with our witness. Even though she had to work this morning, she is watching with the eyes of faith, ready to stand, ready to bear witness to the grace that is always at work in our midst. And that my brothers and sisters in Christ, is a task for Advent. To be watchful, particularly in this tumultuous time, when there is a lot of anxiety and a lot of uncertainty, to be watchful. Christ is coming. Grace is at work. And to see that and to carry that, not only for ourselves, but for others, is key to being awake. If you sign up for nothing this Advent, except this, you're on the right track. Even in the midst of a busy season, in the midst of all your preparations, in the midst of the daily routines, look for the unexpected. Keep watch. Be awake. And know that God is coming with the power to transform not only your life, but all the lives whom you touch. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.